When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as Reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show! Hey everyone, welcome to episode 226 of SwiftCast. This is Nate. And Ashley. We have such an exciting episode lined up for you guys today. I can't even believe it. So about a week ago, which I think we mentioned on our last episode, Taylor put out a Spotify playlist. And this is the first time she's done something like this. She did post a playlist on Tumblr in the past, but this was the first time she's actually done it on a streaming platform. And it was about 70 songs that she's loving right now. And it was such a great, diverse mix. Absolutely. I did not find a single song on that playlist that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. It was awesome. And as you guys know, one thing we always try and do on our show is bring you interesting guests so that you can hear about different artists and different perspectives from the music industry. So we knew that we had to try and get as many of these people on the show as possible for you. And as luck would have it, we were able to interview James Blunt for the episode today. And if you don't know, James has been opening for Ed Sheeran on the North American leg of the Divide Tour. It's been going on for a few months, and these were the last North American shows in Nashville this weekend. And James Blunt's team and management, they were just so incredibly gracious. They allowed Ashley and I to actually go backstage before the final show and interview James uh, and ask him everything. Ask him about Taylor, ask him about Ed, uh, a little bit about Ryan Tedder even. Uh, It was really just a fantastic interview. I'm so glad that they were able to accommodate us for it. And I would say, if you haven't seen him, go do so. The Divide Tour, like we said, just ended, but for any fans who might be in Europe, he's going to be starting a tour there next week, and he is just so entertaining, such a great musician, really can't say enough great things about him. I think in one word for me, I would describe him as witty. He was just such a funny guy. Yeah, it's like you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth next. That is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm sure you'll see when we get into this interview. Well, without further ado, here is James Blunt. We are so excited to be here with James Blunt right now. How's it going? Yeah, good. It's nice to have you here backstage. Well, it's nice to have you on the show. Yeah, sweet. Well, I've I've read about it online, so it's nice to meet you guys in person. Yes. 
And this is not just any show. This is the last show of the North American arena leg of the Divide Tour. Yeah, I mean, I've been on uh, on Ed Sheeran's uh, Divide Tour now for three and a half months around North America. I'm his whipping boy. His uh, whipping boy. <laughs> uh, where I get up on stage for 40 minutes before him, which is absolutely awesome. I've had the time of my life. I finish... Um, uh, yeah, some two hours ahead of him, so I'm already at the after party two hours before him. <laughs> That's definitely a plus. <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, and you know, he's a he's a sweet man. He's a really nice guy. We get on incredibly well, and that really filters through his team. So his crew and uh, and who he works with on this tour um, have looked after after me and my crew incredibly well, and we've just had a blast here in the states. Well, as soon as Taylor put out her Spotify playlist, which was about a week ago, we thought, hey, we have to get some of these people on our show so that our listeners can learn more. And how cool that one of them is on tour with Taylor's best friend. Seemed perfect. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was Ed's best friend, but um, (laughs) but maybe those two had to. Yeah. Well, actually, um, Ed and I know each other really because we're on the same management team. Um, Oh, gotcha. And Elton John set up the the management firm is called Rocket Music, um, and and I was on the books, and they got Ed in on the books, and my um, my manager um, at, at that time is now his manager, um, and so yeah, and they and they said, come on, let's you know get him on some kind of North American tour for three months, let's see who will look after him and take him on tour, and that was Taylor, um, so he's done yeah his kind of legwork with Taylor, I'm doing my legwork with him this time round. Yeah, it's kind of cool how it goes in a cycle like that sometimes. Yeah, and you know, for me, these are the most amazing opportunities because I'm known in the States for one song, uh, um, which came out a long time ago called You're Beautiful. Of course, uh, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've heard of and, uh, you know, and, and the guys in Ed's audience, you know, they might know that song. They might have been told by their dad not to like that song. Wow. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, because it, it was played a lot on the radio. Um, and so that's pretty much all they know. And so I'm getting up and I'm just, you know, playing new stuff. Um, and my job is just to, to win them over if I, if I can. And so the song that Taylor actually put on the playlist, Love Me Better, tell us a little more specifically about that song. Yeah, I wrote it in a hotel room um, uh, in London, and um, actually someone came and banged on the door halfway through and asked me to shut up. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I wrote it with a, um, a guy called Ryan Tedder, who's the lead singer of One Republic, um, and, he and I, uh, he and I are friends, and we, and we write a lot and record together a lot. And yeah, it really it was just kind of, I thought, you know what, it's going to be... Uh, the first song on my album, and I want to kind of make a statement. Well, how do you start off a fifth album um, and say the things you kind of need to say, or at least how, what I would need to say? And so it starts off by saying, people say the meanest things. I've been called a dick. I've been called so many things. I love that line, by the way. Um, and yeah, it's not, the, it's not the prettiest line to start an album with. But, <laughs> but it's, it's a very honest line that I think kind of grabs yeah, your attention. And it catches you, right. And mm-hmm. totally. And I think it's something that Taylor would totally understand, is that, you know, once your head is above the parapet, you kind of get shot at a fair whack. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it's a strange place of the aggressive criticism that some people in the public eye can get. Because you know, if you don't like their music, you don't have to bang on about it so much. You could just listen to something else. But some people get quite fervent in, their, um, in, the, in the bile that they chuck online. Um, and so, yeah, and so the song really is about laughing at that, which is what, something I do on Twitter as well. I kind of just laugh at the, the fact that we should take uh, this kind of, yeah, aggressive um, negativity seriously. And it's something I discuss with Ed a lot. He shot up the charts so quickly and then I think had to deal with a new level of fame that was so abrupt for him. Yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of, uh, he's, you know, he's put a lot of work in to get there, but uh, but a lot of criticism comes with it. And he and I discuss it. And, and I think it's funny how sometimes you can take it to heart, these kind of things. And it goes for everyone. You take these things to heart. And at the end of the day, you know, it's playing to 
between, what, ten and 20,000 people every night, sometimes actually 70,000 people at night wow. when he's playing stadiums. And yet it's really easy to focus on the five negative tweets that you might, you know, have received right. that day online. Those five, to compare five negative tweets to 70,000 people who actually made an effort and good money that they spent on tickets and queued up um, outside the venue in the rain or traveled a distance and booked hotels. They, they spent time, energy, effort, money, um, and yet still were drawn to these five slightly lonely people who wrote something negative online. And I think it's probably worth remembering that they're probably at home with it with the curtains closed and their trousers around their ankles <laughs> uh, and, uh, and not worth taking seriously. We should laugh at ourselves. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, that's what the song starts off saying. You know what? Yeah. Um, I, I can get a little bit of negativity, a bit of grief over a, over perhaps a, a big song, but you know what? Everyone's chasing that big song, really. You that's right. For it. And so then, then there's, you know, the lines carry on. It says, you know, I um, saw you standing outside a bar. We just said, you're beautiful. But I've used that line before. <laughs> we laughed at that. And, yeah. And so it's, yeah, so I'm just kind of laughing about, you know, about the good things um, and, uh, well, enjoying the good things and laughing at the bad things. Set the scene for our listeners. Where were you when you first heard that Taylor included it on her Spotify list, that she liked the song she was promoting it? Um, well, it was only a few days ago, really. So it was on this <laughs> on this tour. Um, I think um, it probably just came up on a, you know, on a Google alert saying it's... Um, that's yeah that about some kind of article I was a bit confused actually no it was on Twitter I definitely saw it on their feed of um, people coming in I think I looked down the list initially and couldn't see it on there either so I thought it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> well I wanted to go back to you mentioned working with Ryan Tedder we're huge fans of his both from One Republic and he's done so much work with Taylor what is he like just sitting down writing with and creating music um, he is um, I would say he is manic um, manic, I like that. Yeah, he, he is, never stops working. He's a manic that. and he's a maniac in many ways because he has so many ideas. Um, and it is such a pleasure and joy, a joy to work with someone so enthused by what he does, so enthused by music, so enthralled to um to to work you know with someone like me and 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 really uh, kind of chase um, the directions that I'm excited to go in. Whereas a record company will always say, hey, let's go in the safe direction and let's do this. Because, you know, your audience liked that song. So we've got to just try and make it the next song sound something similar. Um, and that's really boring. Mm -hmm. um, and sure, it might sell records, but it also it ends in a, in a faster death <laughs> of, of, your, of your passion for music. And so, yeah, so when I would send two ideas to the record company and they'd say, please do the safe one. It sounds like David Gray or Damien Rice or, or whatever you've done before, James. And the other one, no, no, it's just too left of field I'd play it to Ryan and he'd say come on get on a plane come and meet me I know which one you want to do and I want to do it too and so that's for me why on this album I have some awesome really different diverse songs that you wouldn't expect from me you'd expect me to write these weepy songs on a guitar about oh poor old me um, and instead these songs are full of excitement and full of life and, and that's what Ryan allows me to do well one song that came out recently also was okay and what I really love about that song is it has sort of an EDM vibe almost to it, which I wasn't expecting, but it was definitely a great surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I live in Ibiza, um, which is obviously the dance capital of the world, really. Um, and it's funny, the, the song I wrote, um, I, I didn't really, I wrote over 100 songs for this album. It's called The After Love. I really wanted to make something special for my fifth album. And, and I went away for two years to, to make it. Um, and I wrote over 100 songs and one of them was this song called OK and I thought eh, you know it's kind of OK it's not that it's not that much um, and I had a big fight with a record label they loved it and I, I didn't really enjoy it so much so after recording it and mixing it I said stuff it I'm not going to put it on the album and, uh, and I let it go 
Um, and then I bumped into a friend of mine in Ibiza, um, a German DJ called Robin Schultz. And he said, oh, I've heard your song. The record label played it to me. Um, and I've remixed it and we're releasing it as a single. And lo and behold, it's a smash hit throughout. Yeah. You know, his country, Germany, top of the charts, France, Spain, Italy, uh, Switzerland. Oh, and anyway, you can't escape the bloody song. It's everywhere, over the radio. And, uh, and now, amusingly, it's actually my lead single here in the States. It's not even on my album. <laughs> and it's a lead single here. And actually, just because he had remixed it, I just then went back and revisited the song and found, you know, the, the heart in, in what I wrote in the first place. Well, it's great when you can find those collaborators, kind of like what you were saying with Ryan, that challenge you and can make you see songs in different ways and give them new life like that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's what uh, collaboration is so good for in the music business. It's weird because, you know, read newspapers and you think that all musicians are competing with each other because that's the way record companies love it to be. And, um, and the press loves any kind of fight in any, in any walk of life, don't they? Um, and, and, and I suppose record labels want that fight and that competition because they're trying to talk about the charts. The charts is designed just to be a com- competition. You go, oh, that's top of the charts. I must buy it. It's just to, uh, to boost sales. But as a musician, actually, it's not about competition at all. It's about collaboration, you know. And, I, and I've written with Ed Sheeran um, a bunch, and their songs are beautiful. And without working with him or Ryan or, or the other many incredible musicians I've worked with along the way, I just probably re- reproduce the same four chords. Um, <laughs> and so it's really nice to have an input and different ideas, and it just twists and turns in the, uh, the, uh, in different directions that it pushes you in. So what is it exactly? Uh, you mentioned songwriting with Ed. Obviously, you have a song with him, Make You Better, uh, that you guys wrote. Uh, working with Ed, um, what is the songwriting process like? Um, Ed is a creative individual. You as a creative individual. How, like, How do what you, do you sort of mold both of your writing styles and personalities together? Yeah, I mean, it's quite challenging working with him, if I'm honest, because he's a super fast writer, and, some, and you have to kind of try and keep up. Sometimes I felt like I was his secretary. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, what we did is we went away on a skiing holiday, which is a pretty cool thing to do as, as, as a writing session. We skied in the day. I taught him how to ski in the day. And oh, that's and, fantastic. And yeah, and at night we wrote songs. Um, and... You know, and the one we wrote made me better is about my family. He said, come on, let's write about your family. I'm a really private person. And so I do write personal songs, but I don't really point out who they're about. I kind of try and keep them more ambiguous. Um, and, he, and, he, and he's quite a direct writer in his lyrics. And so it's a really direct song in that way. Um, and I suppose that was his challenge in many ways is, yeah, there was no hiding behind anything. And we will be right back with more of our interview with James Blunt. Well, one thing I wanted to also ask you about that we're interested to get different takes on is Taylor is leading up to the album Reputation. I was wondering if you've heard Look What You Made Me Do and Ready For It and what you think about this new direction that she's taking her music in. Yeah, I've heard the first single and it's really exciting. You know, I think she's a person who's reinvented herself um, over the years and, and has always done so incredibly well and has always then opened up a bigger market to herself and a, and a bigger audience to herself. Do you feel that artists need to do that in order to stay ahead, uh, kind of reinvent themselves? You know what? Not 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 everyone. No, mm-hmm. um, you know, Guns N' Roses. Sure, you kind of want them oh, to yeah. stick to Classic. what they do best. ACDC, You want mm-hmm. them to stick to what they do. <laughs> but I think um, perhaps perhaps in the pop world, sure. Then yeah, then uh, then sounds and sonics change, production methods change, um, audiences change and grow older. And I think then you have to shift and change with them. And so. Going back to this tour that we're on, which we're lucky to be here on the last night of, what has been your most memorable moment so far on this tour with Ed? Well, we had a pretty good after party last night. Um, <laughs> that was Nashville night uh, one. Yeah, it was. And yeah, that was really to celebrate the end of the tour because we're all flying off early tomorrow. Um, so, 
But yeah, after sort of 3 a.m., I don't remember much of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering also if on this tour people play any pranks on each other because Ed definitely seems like a prankster. You know, we have definitely haven't taken it seriously. It's been a blast. We've had great fun. I think most nights we've probably ended up in Hooters. Um, <laughs> and uh, in fact, we've bought a lot of the uniforms just for ourselves to wear at home. <laughs> I look really good in a Hooters outfit. That's awesome. So speaking of uh, next week, so you're starting your international tour. Uh, if you could tell some of our listeners about that, because you're starting, I mean, you're going all over the world. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think it starts in five days or something like that. And I kick off in Germany, um, 28 uh, dates in Germany or 22 dates in Germany, then around the rest of Europe, UK, South America, Australia, Asia. Then we're talking about coming to the States again um, and Canada, hopefully see if I'm invited back or not. Um, but yeah, I'm basically on the, on the road now for 18 months. I'm afraid I've used um, North America here as my, as my rehearsal time. So um, I hope you guys don't feel too used. Which is great. But it was, I think we're okay being the guinea pigs. But it, was, yeah. it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to be here. Are there any specific countries or venues in other countries that you're really excited to finally get to? Or revisit? Um, oh, a mass of them, really. We have a, we have a blast in, in so many of them. Um, you know, anyone with Latin blood makes for an amazing audience. Right. If you're in Italy, it's going to be awesome. Um, if you're in uh, anywhere in South America, it's going to be amazing. We have loads of mates in, in Australia, so it's always a pleasure to get down there and see them. Um, if, if I can ever get to somewhere like uh, uh, Lebanon, Beirut, it's probably the best place in the world. Um, but you know what? It's just, it's just going to new places and seeing... Um, seeing new places or going back to different places, it makes it exciting. I'm playing the same songs every night, um, <laughs> so but, and, it's, and it's the audience that, um, that make it different and entertaining. Well, we opened it up on Twitter, and one of our listeners had a great question that I thought was really interesting. Dan asked, since you used to write an advice column years ago, is there any advice that you would give to Ed, whether solicited or not? <laughs> Um, my advice column was definitely only a, a piss take. <laughs> it was it was not to be taken seriously, yeah, it was or ever, um, or or ever followed through. Um, you know what? I don't think I'm a person to advise Ed. He seems to be doing pretty well with that, anyway. <laughs> That's so <laughs> from, true for me, at least. Well, do you want to remind our listeners where they can find you on social media and all of your tour information? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my name is James Blunt, so it's pretty easy to find. I'm on at James Blunt, whether it be Instagram or Twitter, jamesblunt.com uh, online, or just come and find me on a concert on a world tour in a country and a city near you, starting in five days. We'd love to wrap up with just some super rapid-fire Q&A, just for people to get to know those little random things about you, if Go you don't it. mind. First word, impulse answer, just whatever you got. Okay. Last show watched on Netflix. Oh, I don't, I don't watch Netflix, so I'm sorry. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Last show watched, in general. TV show. TV show. I just, I kind of watch the news. Okay. That's, that's all, fair. that's, uh, that's, well, uh, that's, that's the, the biggest right horror movie you need to watch yeah. on Netflix, isn't it? Do you have any hidden talents? Um, I have a pilot's license. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. I can drive a tank, because I used to be in the army. Oh, that's crazy. Um, I, uh, I kind of licenses. I, I you know, have a motorbike and stuff like that. Uh, mm. And, uh, yeah. That'll do. Uh, your favorite album as a child or growing up? Uh, probably Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. Cool. Yeah, my parents had the Beach Boys and the Beatles and the Don McLean album. Um, but they, the Pink Floyd one was in a, in a drawer. They never listened to it, so but I loved it. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a dog person. Awesome. Okay. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that be? Cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, last question favorite Taylor Swift song? Ooh, it's a tricky one. 
don't worry, no matter what, you'll get people angry with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to say. I don't want to get people angry with me. <laughs> What's one you've been enjoying recently? Well, I enjoy the single at the moment. It's, quite, it's the, the one that I would call it Trouble. Am I calling the wrong title or not? The new single? No, the one from... Uh, oh, I Knew You Were Trouble? Trouble? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, Fantastic song. song. I would put that as my, as my top Taylor Swift song it of the moment. Sold. Of the moment. But Subject you know what? New album coming out. That's right. So many possibilities. Well, thank you so much. This has been so great. James, it's been a pleasure, really. Thanks so much for having me. So again, I cannot state this enough. I am just so incredibly grateful that James was able to take time out of the tour and just be able to talk to us backstage. Truly amazing. And I know his European tour is going to be extremely successful. I'm definitely interested to see what new music he comes out with since, as he said, he's working with such a diverse group of collaborators. And if you enjoyed this episode, of course, like we stated earlier, we're going to have more people from Taylor's Playlist, so if you enjoyed it, stay tuned. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review and rating. That will bring you all of our latest episodes. We're going to have a lot of great stuff in the coming weeks. Uh, Not to mention, it helps other people find our show easier. And we're just one month away from reputation, so I have a feeling our most exciting episodes are just around the corner. So, for episode 226, this has been Nate. And Ashley. And we will see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Later. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.